0: Good afternoon and good evening, and welcome into another episode of the Walk On Podcast. Once again, I am one of your hosts, Jason Prill. Kind of alongside of me is Jordan Riddick. Jordan, how you doing today? I'm
1: pretty good, Jason. Uh, and as you can tell, I'm obviously in a car. I'm traveling because of all the background noise and everything. Um, I'm headed up to the District of Columbia. Um, Fancy. To visit, yeah, to visit some family, um, and so that is that is why I'm in the car. this right?
0: <laughs> Well, it'll make for an interesting uh, audio quality. Uh, we haven't really yeah. done a car uh, distance interview or podcast. We haven't done this like no, with no, a car involved, uh, so. We'll, we're trying a lot, and if you all you hear is the uh, background noise of wind and the car moving. Uh, now you know why. Um, yep. We're going to do our best to make do with what we got, because we had a really busy week in sports this past week. Uh, Jordan, and I, I know I've been watching a lot. Jordan, uh, I'm sure you have as well. Um, and there's just been a lot going on, hasn't there? Yeah, well,
1: I mean, we're recording on a Sunday here, Jason, and yesterday felt like March Madness. like... I was just in front of the TV the whole day, you know what I mean? And I Mm -hmm. I gave myself that day just because, you know, I didn't get Barch Madness, so I decided to give myself a day to uh, do nothing and just sit in front of the TV and and watch sports all day. I mean, you had Hockey Restart, had several very good games. Uh, NBA, the quality of the games uh, later in the day were good, but earlier in the day there were some blowouts, but, you know, NBA was back. A lot of
0: uh, fans got to see their teams back in action for the first time yesterday for the NBA. I did not.
1: And and Well, yeah, no,
0: you didn't.
1: (laughs) Um, But also, uh, you know, MLB was on. And so it was was a lot going on. But there's also, in all three of these leagues, there's a lot of storylines to get to, Jason, because each, you know, the NHL and the NBA are a little more similar, but... You know, just a lot of different storylines to go over
0: these these three different leagues in, in seemingly three different positions. Absolutely, and I think we'll start out with baseball. So we'll just jump right in now uh, with that transition. Uh, baseball, I think personally might be, um, it may be not have been the biggest storyline this past week, but I think that there's an impending large storyline that's going to come out of, of some of the discussions no, yeah. that have happened. Uh, And for those of you who don't follow baseball very much or have been absent from social media, uh, the commissioner of baseball and the Players Association uh, got into a little bit of a spat regarding some of the coronavirus policies. Uh, There's been some outbreaks on a couple different teams, including the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals, Uh, and the commissioner is getting worried uh, and concerned that the players are not following protocol. And the players are frustrated because the owner, the owners, and the commissioner are really not doing enough to protect the players in general. And so there's kind of this over, overarching worry that we could have a, the season over within the next week or so. And I, I know for me, I hate that because baseball is my favorite sport. But Jordan, what, what has gone wrong for Major League Baseball? Not forgetting. The negotiations, but what has gone wrong since the season started for Major League Baseball? Well, Jason, I think we were a little bit naive to think that we would be able to
1: finish this season, uh, considering we got a big foreshadowing of the the struggle that it would be with the whole negotiations. Uh, but once we hit that that you know got over that hump, I think everybody kind of relaxed and thought, well now that we've gotten past this ridiculousness then all should be okay Mm -hmm. well then we finally realized that uh there's not enough testing going on uh they're testing every other day for major league baseball that's clearly not enough yep um the players are not being held accountable for their actions um like for the example of the miami marlins like going to a strip club, going to a bar, why would you even think about doing that? Like, that completely puts your franchise and the entire league at risk to cancel this entire season. And now Major League Baseball, you know, it's hard to put a a fault on, you know, a a thumb on whose fault all of this is, Jason. But Mm -hmm. I, I think, honestly, at least for this portion of it, you know, Major League Baseball can only do so much... Yes, they finally you know, put in a compliance officer, so maybe they could have done that beforehand. But either way, it's up to your player to, to follow the rules. And that is the biggest piece that I have. I, I think it's up to the players. The players have to comply. You have to comply to the rules that you signed up for. And if you don't comply to those rules, you, not only do you run the risk, of ruining your personal season in the next 14 days of your life by contracting COVID, you risk the lives At of,
0: least 14 days.
1: Right, at least 14 days. And you risk the lives of the people around you and the lives of the people that are on your team and the lives of those people that are around those people on your team. And so... And also, it's a broader risk of the entire league being canceled, and that's what we've seen now with the Cardinals outbreak, is that they went out golfing together. So I just don't understand what in the world went into... I
0: just The decision-making you know, making seems poor.
1: Yes. You know, it, typically what we've seen as a national... Well, not as much national, but, you know, the broad consistency consensus from medical professionals is if you don't know, don't take the risk with this virus. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you may not know if you have it, uh, but you don't know for sure. So let's not risk going out when you don't need to. Let's not risk having a barbecue. Let's not risk having your son's 13th birthday party. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Let's not risk. And it seems to me that, that at least from the discussions that were had before the season started between Major League Baseball and the Players Association is that no one was big enough in the room to say, well, we don't need to take this, you know, more seriously. Yeah. We need to add less risk, therefore making it a little less convenient but we need to take less risk. And I think that is the biggest failing. And honestly, Jason, this is a very unpopular opinion. But I honestly think if, if things don't improve, if another team has an outbreak other than the Marlins and the Cardinals, I think they just need to stop immediately
0: and just shut the season down. Well, luckily, not. Yeah, uh, well, luckily um, we, we are hearing some good news out of, uh, I believe it was St. Louis, Uh, Two of the tests that came back positive the other day are now rumored to have been false positives, Uh, and so that is good news, and no people uh, on the Marlins, uh, or no new players on the Marlins tested positive today for the first time uh, in the last few days, so there is progress being made uh, in that area, but I, I do agree that there is a lot of, kind of a lack of accountability in a lot of these things. and Uh, something that you learn, whether it's in leadership or parenting or – I mean, I don't have experience with that, but from what I've been told is uh, if you give them a a little bit, they'll end up taking a lot. So if you give them a little leeway with something, they'll end up taking as much leeway as you can. They're always going to kind of push the boundaries, push the limits of what's allowed. And I I think we see that with Major League Baseball. uh, A lot of the players – Even as simple as spitting. I remember watching, I think it was the third game of the season, the Indians were playing and Carlos Santana was up to bat uh, and he was spitting on the ground after every pitch. And is spitting on the ground really that huge of a deal if he's far enough away from another person? Not necessarily, not really anything to worry about. However, if you start becoming lax on the rules like that, more and more of them are going to get broken and get pushed, and they're going to continue right, where, to test the boundaries. Where's the line, Jason? Where's the line? Because
1: from what I can tell, I don't know of any major league baseball players that have a doctorate degree. Do you know? Do you any? Do you know any doctor first basements? I don't.
0: No. So I I don't.
1: Where's the line? You can't you can't establish rules and then think to yourself, "No, I am exempt from this because it's not that big of a deal to me." There's yeah. a rule in place because we don't know. And that's why it's important. This is unlike anything that we've ever dealt with in an, in this nation, Jason. There's no, there's no promised outcome. Even if we did everything that we should do, this virus is still going to spread. It's going to spread slower, but it's still going to spread. There's no cure. There's no vaccine. There's no vaccination, Jason. Mm-hmm. So there's no guaranteed outcome. So let's stop acting like it's some like, cold that everybody might get. People are dying. So let's take this a little bit more seriously, and the players have to, have
0: to take it more seriously. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think we have seen a little bit of a stricter policy in the last couple of days. Uh, you even saw um, Joey Votto self-report today uh, that he was experiencing some symptoms, so he didn't show up to the ballpark. Uh, and so I think, I think the players are finally understanding that hey, this goes both ways, uh, and we need to be accountable for our own actions. And so hopefully, uh, there's going to be there's going to be positive tests that's going to happen, but catching them before it spreads to the, the the limit that the Marlins had and the Cardinals had, uh, I think is what's important because you're going to have a, a test come back positive on occasion. And so it's really just about managing to make sure it doesn't become an outbreak, uh, which raises the question, will Major League Baseball be able to finish? In your opinion, Jordan, will this season finish? If everything stays the same,
1: no. No. Um, Like I said, uh, you know, Rob Manfred was on the... You know, he said yesterday specifically, there's no reason for us to stop. No, you have every reason to stop. You have every reason to stop. You have, like, I just, I don't understand the logic because just because we started, we have to finish. You were this close to not even having a season anyway. Yep. Half the owners didn't even want to have a season. Yep. So let's stop acting like financials is a big deal here. It's not. It has to be about the health of the players. And the, if, if the players are not going to take it seriously, if some of the players are not going to take it seriously, then you have to be the the guy with the big boy pants and put, uh, hike them high and then say, fine, I'm going to protect you by eliminating this season. Somebody has to be the man in the room, Jason.
0: I And I agree. I, somebody has to step up, and I don't think Rob Manfred's the one who's going to do it because – everything that I've seen is he's very soft when it comes to to making executive decisions Um, however I'm not going to answer my own question there because because I have an idea that I'm going to propose later in the show uh, that I want to run by you and hear your opinion on uh, as to whether or not you think it can work Uh, but from one sport that's struggling to stay afloat right now to a sport that's back in full swing and seems to be doing pretty well as far as testing and Uh, Coronavirus mandates and policies is concerned. Minus, of course, a few Lou Williams wing wing trips. Um, But that's the NBA. Uh, They're back. They have about two games per team under their belt already. Uh, And so we haven't gotten a a large sample size of of what to expect. Um, But, Jordan, I'm curious. uh, Two games in, what teams have outplayed your expectations. Ooh, outplayed
1: my expectations. Um there's there's a couple teams and again uh just yesterday everybody finally played their first game. First of all, I want to give a huge huge shout out to Mr. TJ Warren. Yeah. I did not know he had a 50 piece in it. That, I, I watched that game as I was watching the beginning of the Lakers game last night, Jason. Yep. And my eyes were glued to the Pacers game because, man, he can score the rock. And I did not know he had that in them. I would say, obviously, the Pacers, uh, that's a huge win for them considering that they were only, I believe, a half game up on the Sixers. So that, that puts them a game and a half up now, um, which is a huge advantage for them. Them having Depot back is huge. Um, if C.J. Warren can continue to produce and Miles Turner continue to protect the paint, uh, Indiana might be a team to look out for in the East uh,
0: leading up to the semifinals, season. Yeah, and I mentioned uh, that last week as well when we were talking about our surprise teams that I thought Indiana could be one of those teams that uh, comes out strong in the bubble uh, and right. plays really well. And that's not me tooting my own horn, but... Um, no, you tuned it. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You've done that a few times as well. Yeah, just a few times. It's the nature of our show. We have to toot our own <laughs> that's horn. Right. We don't get much right, right. to begin with. Um, yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't get an
1: opportunity that often.
0: Yeah, and I think it was you uh, last week. You mentioned uh, Thunder as a team to look out for, right? That was was another team
1: that I was going to say that has impressed me. By the way, you know, they played one game, but, again, we saw the Jazz come out and kind of get punched in the teeth by the the Pelicans in the first half of that first game, and they found a way to come back and win that ball game. Uh, But they came out and completely laid an egg against the Thunder team, and I'm just so impressed by how the Thunder – just the whole entire season, they've kind of been slept on. Yeah, they, they snuck into the middle of the Western Conference standings and just kind of stayed there. They weren't ever one, two, three, but they have never really been on the cusp of being eliminated from the playoffs. And so they're, they're that, that mid-level team that no one really pays attention to. Uh, but Chris Paul can still run the show, and Stephen Adams doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing down low, just anchoring that defense and, and just being able to consistently finish. He's an impressive uh, big man for, for the age of basketball that we're playing. Um, but, yeah, the Thunder have, have surely, you know, they're one team that I thought was going to do well. And uh, they're at least one game in, they've impressed me thus far again. Another team that I'm impressed with, and this may shock people, is the Clippers. <laughs> Listen, they lost to the Lakers on opening night, and the Lakers don't look like a, they're firing on all cylinders, and so they still lost to that team. But the Clippers are still without Montrezl Harrell and without Lou Williams.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and they beat the Pelicans by like eighty-seven last night. Okay, the score at halftime was like forty-six to seventy-seven. That, <laughs> like, that's awesome. This the fact, like. Jason, every, it seems like every time in the Lakers game that uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard would come out of the game, the game would kind of get out of hand. Um, and that's part of the reason why Frank Vogel, I think, has so smartly staggered LeBron and AD's minutes. It's because when you take both of those guys out of the game, I mean, we've seen the Lakers really don't have much. In, in terms of playmaking. Now, they do have Dion, which I have been impressed by him, but we can talk about him in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but the um, – because I, I, I do have a few things to say to you about him because I, I'm so impressed by how he's played. But he, yeah, this uh, is you, at this least is with you the
0: Clippers, tooting your own horn here. At
1: least, I know. At least with the Clippers, Jason, um, to come out after losing, disappointingly, to the Lakers and to – you know, pretty – I mean, the Pelicans have really screwed themselves uh, after not playing Zion Williamson. And I'm pretty sure that's our next question. And so I'm going to go ahead and segue. What teams have disappointed us? Yeah. And I would say the Pelicans 1,000% have been the biggest disappointment. How in the world do you play Zion 15 minutes? 15 minutes, Jason. Your season hangs eight games in the balance. You have to play well. You are not the only team that's chasing Memphis. Yeah. Portland is tied with you.
0: And they just and, beat like, Memphis.
1: Exactly. So you're throwing your season away by allowing your best player and I do agree that Zion is is a it's just too much of a game changer for them not to consider him their best player. For him to just sit on the sideline it makes no sense. I understand health and safety protocols, but to limit him to a minute's restriction of 15 minutes seems a little overzealous to me, and they got punched to the teeth by the Clippers. I don't know if there's any coming back for the Pelicans, now. I think they screwed themselves.
0: Yeah, I think, I think... I don't want to say you can write them off, but I think you, I think you can kind of eliminate them from any sort of contention, uh, and I, I, some of our predictions as far as them from last week are no longer... Um, applicable. Uh, the uh, the team that I, I think has disappointed me the most, um, and you're going to hate me for saying this, but I think you would agree with me in uh, some sense. Um, I, I'm going to say the Lakers. Uh, and you said yourself. No, Jason, Jason I, I 100% agree with you. I think the Lakers have been a big disappointment. Yeah. 100%. They don't look as sharp as they did in the regular season. Uh, they just they look Laxidaysical. They look lethargic. I think you used that word last night. Um, Yeah, that was my word last night for them was lethargic. Yeah, uh, they just they showed up and they're doing everything they can to stay in the game, but they're not committed to playing their best basketball.
1: Right, and Jason, I would I would argue that I only see that on the offensive side of the basketball. The defensive side of the basketball—they look incredible, incredible. I, at least for, at least some of the players are playing above and beyond defensively. Uh, some of just what we see in the regular season, including LeBron James, uh, Kyle Kuzma now apparently can play defense. Didn't know that was even possible. <laughs> Alex Caruso is logging some great defensive minutes, and who would have thought? That the reason the Lakers miss Bradley or uh, Avery Bradley the most is for a shooting. Everybody thought it was going to be a big deal that he was not going to be there playing defense. Defensively, the Lakers look okay. In fact, they look great. But offensively, they look so out of sync. And it's just honest. It doesn't. It's not lazy. It's not like they're uninterested. It's almost like they're lost. They don't. You know. It's like they can't get their feet up underneath of them to sustain a longer run. And we saw that at, at some points in the Clippers game. Really, Anthony Davis bailed them out of a, of a huge loss against the Clippers wow. on Thursday. But really, Jason, I've just seen the Lakers just kind of, especially against the Raptors, they had a few good runs, but then they would just, the turnovers have really get me. Uh, they had a lot of turnovers against the Raptors, and it really cost them in the end because they had a chance to win the game even even still, Jason. They had a chance to win the game. I believe the game was tied at, like, 83. And the Raptors went on a, like, 10 or 11 run. And after that, they just they really didn't have a, a chance to hold on to the game anymore, and so and the game was over. The reason, honestly... I think people are you know people are going to write off the Lakers. I think that would be unwise considering they probably just played the you know the the Clippers and the the Raptors are not the the magic in the Nets, okay? They're probably the Lakers, the Bucks, the Clippers and and the Raptors are probably the four best teams in the league. Yeah. And so they just played two of the top four teams of the league. So I'm not going to completely write them off, but they have been disappointed considering that they went one and one And I think that's saying a lot about the Lakers' expectations, and I think it's going to take a few games uh, for the Lakers to get that back, but I'm just hoping that they do as a fan. I'm hoping that they do. Um, But even if they don't immediately get it back, I think their defense is good enough to carry them through a Western Conference uh, first-round series. But I do think that they're going to take a couple hits in that. But I think as long as they're fine by the semifinals, um, they'll be able to make a run for the championship. So they have you know, about 10
0: games to get right before I start getting really worried. And that's totally fair. I do want to ask you a question, though. and you, uh, It'll also segue into what you wanted to talk about regarding Dion Waiters. Um, yeah. But do you think that the offensive struggles that you've seen – could be the result of new rotations and new players uh, in new roles and playing different, uh, not necessarily positions, but uh, doing things that they weren't called upon in the regular season. Do you think that could be what's you know, playing into? I mean, it could
1: possibly be Jason. some of the turnovers. You could see just, you know, whether it's J.R. Smith or Dion Waiters or, uh, you know, some guys – Honestly, Jason, I've seen more of a struggle from LeBron and from AD hmm. and from Kyle Kuzma and from Contavius Caldwell-Pope, guys that have been in the rotation for a very long time with this team that know how it's supposed to work. That is who I've seen struggle. Um, LeBron, while he still uh, dominated – at, at he had some moments of domination last night. I think he finished with 20 points. Most of it in the second half. Um, he's he looks maybe like a quarter step behind. Um, and maybe that's just because of the suffocating defense that both the Raptors and the Clippers play. Um, it, yeah, I think we all need, need to consider that that the Clippers and the Raptors play. Amazing championship-level defense. Yeah. Um, and so did the Lakers. And so I'm not going to get too bent out of shape, but I am disappointed still with the Lakers and how they came out of the gate. And I'm not faulting them for this because they haven't played in four and a half months. Like, there's not... I didn't have huge expectations. I would have loved for them to have gone ahead and sealed up the Western Conference top seed last night, just for the sake of, you know, having that pressure off your back and being able to play more freely the next six games, but I think once they, you know, win one more game, they'll be able to have that pressure off and and be able to, um, you know, the wins won't be necessary, and so they'll be able to experiment and and just try to get on the floor and get that cohesion with
0: yeah, that's totally fair. And you, you talked a lot about defense, and really the top four teams in the in the league with the teams that you mentioned, uh, they all play really good defense. Yeah. Outside of that, we really haven't seen anything spectacular defensively. Um, no. And not even close. I think most notably, actually, I know most notably was the Rockets-Mavs game from. Uh, from the other night, um, where the final score was 153 to 149 in one overtime. My my first question that ran through my mind is, how can you spor- score so many points in regulation that you still end up tied? And then my second question is, how bad are these defenses? Are, are, are teams just thinking that they can outscore and earn their spot in the postseason? Do they think that all you need to do is score more? Or is this just a a defensive deficiency of these teams?
1: Well, Jason, you can really tell who your coaches are. Your coaches' true colors. Because they've had about almost a month now to go over everything that they wanted to improve upon or... You know, re emphasize, you know, until they got to the bubble to play games. And I think you could always guess that the Dallas uh, Mavericks and Houston clearly emphasized offense and probably the entire time. Yes. It looks like they didn't even touch on defense, they just assumed it would come. And I know Mike D'Antoni did not even try to.
0: Teach defense. No, there's Uh, nobody on that team
1: team. there. Jason, it's it's baffling to me because, uh, gosh, like, even watching that game put me to sleep as a basketball Mm fan because a lot of times when there's a lot of made baskets, it doesn't allow you to run in transition unless you're, you know, let's say North Carolina in college. You know what I mean? Like, they take the ball out of the basket and throw it down the field, you know, and just try to score as quickly as possible. Uh but in the NBA you don't see that. But I was seeing that every possession. Yes. It was like an up and down tennis match. And I hated every second of it. It was it was terrible to watch because it was to me that's not entertaining. I if you go up for a layup, I wanna see if somebody can come over and send it in the eighteenth row. Like that's 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 cool to me. If you make a, a layup over that, that's cool. There was no, especially from the so from the Mavericks, there was no rotation help on James Harden or Russell Westbrook on their drives. It was bothersome to me, and I couldn't even watch the game. Now, uh, from the Rockets' point of view for defense, I mean, they play so small, they're going to have to give up, you know, games like this where teams will score 120. But yeah. they're capable, like they shall, have shown, they can score 140 yeah, easily. So I, that's the perks of the small ball lineup. But, you know, if it's not on, if the shot's not on for the Rockets, then they're going to fall in trouble. And I think it'll be very dependent, again, on James Harden to finish a series in the playoffs with this small ball lineup.
0: It's, it's ironic to me. To see the differences between the two sports we have currently going on right now, where as if, we would never be having the conversation of why are these teams scoring so much in baseball? Because that's yeah. what they bring it, like, that's what people are, are calling for in order to bring more excitement around the game. And yet in the NBA, uh, more scoring leads to more boring. Uh, it, I, that's the best way I can put it. Like you, like you said, you fell asleep watching the game. For true fans of basketball, uh, you don't want you don't want to watch an all-star game. You don't want to watch it. I film. mean, I think, I think for the casual fan, you get tricked into the,
1: the cool step-backs and the hand ones and the dunks. Mm-hmm. But for for a fan that understands the game I, and, and, and in a little more mature mind, I think it, it really does dumb down the game, and it makes you frustrated. And, and it sure did for me. Like my brother was watching the game, and he was like, oh, you fell so asleep? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, well, it was a cool ending. And I was like, well, that's cool. I can catch the ending on YouTube. But the entire game, like, it was just a snooze fest for me.
0: Yeah, and hopefully we don't see that continuing through this postseason, but I'm a little worrisome by the lack of defense I've seen from some of the, the teams in the lower half of the bubble. But quickly, moving on, uh, we do have one other sport that is back. Um, as far as the, the big four in America, uh, but America. the United States of America, I, I don't include soccer because we don't care about soccer. Um, we really don't. I mean, we've had MLS going since when the 10th, and we haven't even touched on <laughs> ESPN didn't even acknowledge the fact that they were going on. They waited until baseball returned to post out the sports right. are back video. Like That's how you know exactly. MLS doesn't matter. Um, exactly. But uh, the NHL is returning, and they're jumping straight into their postseason. I don't want to take too much time because we are very much over time for this segment, uh, which is a normal occurrence for us. But, um, Jordan, you're the hockey guy between the two of us, and I know I'm probably only going to watch a couple games uh, early on, uh, probably mostly Blue Jackets games, but um, what teams should we be looking out for in the postseason?
1: Well, Jason, I just want to point out. Yesterday was the opening day for the qualifiers, and so both twelve seeds beat the five seeds in the Western in the Western and Eastern Conference. Um, and, and I'll say that to just to say uh, there's nobody. And so I, I I've read several articles and, and analytics that show that hockey in terms of the playoffs outcome is one of the most random when it comes to determining a champion uh, based on regular season numbers. Yeah. So hockey is already pretty random in terms of, of trying to, to pick a champion uh, to you know predict how the playoffs will go. Add in that these players haven't played in four and a half months, uh, that just <laughs> creates mass chaos for choosing... <laughs> For choosing who is going to play well, um, especially considering that the f- top four teams in each conference are playing in a series, they're playing in a round robin to determine their seating. Yeah, and so it's it's pretty wild how they have all this going on. Nonetheless, I'll say this: that all of the top teams in each conference, I think, are pretty dangerous. Even the Penguins who lost last night um, against the Canadians. Um, they're always a dangerous team. Um, Boston has had the best record all regular season. Uh, they haven't lost much over the the pandemic. Um, obviously, they're the favorites in the East. The Blues, the reigning Stanley Cup champions, are strong in the West. Um, they're always—it's uh, just the way they play. They're going uh, to contend. They play rough and tough. So. Um, it's just, it was just very interesting to see last night. All, most of the games were pretty close. And, and uh, again, the 12 seeds upsetting the 5 seed in, in both conferences,
0: Jason. Yeah, uh, like you said, hockey's very unpredictable, and that's what the draw is as far as the Stanley Cup playoffs, is there is a lot of unpredictability. I mean, even, Jason, even considering last year, Tampa Bay had the best record tied for the best record ever in the, in the regular season and they got swept yeah, by the Columbus Yeah, they did. So, so it's already so
1: random, and it's all based on matchups and, and how people are feeling that day. Like, it's, it's so random. And, and again, add in that they haven't played in four and a half months. Any, anything can literally happen. So if you're a fan of one of these teams, anything can happen. Do not worry. Even if your team lost last night, your, your team could come out in a couple of days
0: and beat the other team 8 nothing, and it wouldn't surprise me. Totally fair, Jordan. Quickly, who is – or what is your Stanley Cup final prediction?
1: Um, I'm going to be a homer here. I'm going to say the Caps and the Blues, and I'll say the Caps win.
0: Wow. Well, you really are going homer there. Uh, yeah, yeah. For me, as a guy who knows nothing about hockey, I looked at the standings and picked two teams. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think I have a validity with at least the Bruins on my pick, um, leading the the league in points. Um, uh, in, the, in the standings, overall standings uh, and so uh, I have the Bruins and then they're going up against the Colorado Avalanche and an upset pick much like the predict- unpredictability that you mentioned, I have the Avalanche in 6 uh, winning that uh, matchup, so two different uh, Stanley Cup Finals predictions and so Jordan well wait Jason, wait, oh, wait, wait,
1: wait. Before, I move on, before I move on I hope I don't expose you right here can you name one player on the Colorado
0: Avalanche? No. <laughs> That's awesome. No. I'm completely Stanley Cup.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: All I know is that their oh. minor league hockey team is based out of Cleveland, and so there you go. I guess I could be a homer in that in that sense. Um, sure. Of them winning. Wait, so Columbus didn't use Cleveland as their they no. A lower level team. They did not, uh, at least for a while. It might have changed recently. But as of 2018, was the last I remember. Uh, they were a. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. In 2016, the Lake Erie Monsters won the. I believe it's the EHL. Is that what it's called? Um, ECHL. ECHL. They won the ECHL uh, championship. So. Can't be talking too much, Mac. That's a good hockey team right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know anybody on the avalanche. Uh, <laughs> but moving on, um, it's that time of the week again. I didn't I didn't break the news this time. I didn't ruin it, unlike last week. Spontaneous hot takes. Jordan, are you ready? Oh, I'm always ready for some spontaneity, or
1: however
0: you say it. Spontaneity.
1: Spot, spontaneity? Spontaneity. We'll save that soundbite for later. That's going
0: to go in a blooper reel for a week that we can't do a real podcast. That is hilarious. Spontane... I don't even know what you said.
1: Uh, I said spontaneity.
0: It's a beautiful thing. So, Jordan... <laughs> you and your, uh, your bad English. You can take us away. What's your spontaneous okay. hot take of the week? Uh
1: Right now, the Baltimore Orioles are sitting pretty. They're playing right now against the Rays. I'm unaware of what the score is considering. I'm driving and trying to do a podcast at the same time. I'll pull it and they're up. They're 4-3, and, three, and uh, right now they're second place in the East. And I'm going to say if the playoffs are held, that the Orioles will make the playoffs. Wow.
0: That is, that, that's that's a pretty big hot take right there. I'm trying to pull Huge. up the score, and you guys are up one nothing in the middle of the fifth.
1: series sweep against
0: the Rays uh, World Series prediction that, that would be, that'd be b- big news big news um, my hot take maybe not as big of a hot take anymore um, but two weeks ago I said that Mike Trout uh, during our MLB preview I said that Mike Trout would be the MVP yeah I, I'm going to take that back uh, <laughs> I'm going to eat my own words
1: you have to come up with something new, Jason.
0: That sucks. Boo. Well, you didn't even let me finish. Okay, good. My new MVP pick for the American League is also my Cy Young pick for the American Stop, League. Man. Shane Stop. Bieber for American League MVP. Have you looked if at his numbers from the first game? Cy
1: Young, I'm going to be
0: upset. Have you looked at his numbers from the first two games? I've
1: seen the numbers, but I'm just going to be upset. I'm not going to be upset that he won. I'm going to be upset that you were
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know you would. You you hate uh, seeing me correct in any circumstance. No, it's just because all
1: you you picked him because he pitches he pitches for Cleveland. No,
0: I did not pick him just because he pitched for Cleveland. I looked at the numbers. It
1: wasn't even a close to a factor.
0: Not necessarily. I, <laughs> I, I, to what you're making it out to be, it I was not. You. I really do. Was there a sway and an understanding of, okay, I watch this team on a regular basis. So I know what I'm looking at. Yes. But did I pick him because he was on the Indians? No, I knew what I was getting when I took that pick. And I also had done my research as to what the odds were looking like. And he had at one point, the fourth best odds. And so this wasn't a long shot. This wasn't just me pulling a name out of a hat. Like this was a legitimate, you could make a bet pick. Um, you can crap on me all you want, but... Uh, moving on. <laughs> Since we still don't have proper equipment, and this week's even more of a mess uh, recording-wise than last week, um, <laughs> we're not going to do any breaks, uh, because I honestly don't know if I'm going to be able to edit this whole thing. Or even, Jordan, I don't know if you can edit it, or I don't know what tonight looks like for you, but... I, I I think I'm pretty busy, Jason. It's gonna be up to you. Oh, this is gonna be a disaster. If you—if this episode accidentally gets deleted, you know why. Uh, but, uh, we're gonna bring back one of our favorite segments. Uh, we call it "Foul or All Ball." Uh, pretty simple to understand. Uh, we're gonna pose a topic or a statement, and then we're gonna discuss whether or not that statement is foul or false. Or all ball, true. Uh, and so, Jordan, we each picked three. Do you happen to have the list in front of you, or do you want me to run through the whole I thing? I don't, considering that I'm driving. Okay, so I will uh, I will run through all of these, and we'll discuss okay. foul or all ball. First one, the NHL will permanently switch over to a 2014 playoff format. Foul or all ball? Um, the NHL
1: talk about the history of baseball and the history of this, this, that, and the other of the sport. The NHL, for some people, is a religion. And so, considering the history of the sport, I would say a hard foul on this one. I don't see them switching up to this as a permanent solution at all. Not even even close. Just for the one-time deal... For
0: the pandemic, that is not happening next season. Yeah, I'm gonna say foul as well, but I'm not gonna go as hard as you did, uh, because I think that uh, they could end up switching based on their viewership numbers and just the response from the fans, whether or not they like it. Uh, And so I'm curious. I don't think they'll carry it over into the uh, next season or future seasons, but I I wouldn't rule it off the table uh, for them to use this style permanently. Number two. The NFL will be able to compete this season. I think you meant to write complete, but you said compete. So the NFL will be able to complete this I think season. I meant compete. compete? Yeah. Okay. So we'll go with compete. compete I'm
1: gonna say all ball on no. that one. Um now if we were to change it to
0: complete say But okay. like compete, I'm going to say they're going to try. They're
1: definitely going to try to play this season in some form or another. I just don't see as we stand right now, if tomorrow was today. I just
0: don't see how they can finish the season. Yeah, I think NFL is going to be very hard to finish the season. Since it is compete, I will say all ball. Um, because I do think that we'll get a couple games into the into the season, uh, I, but I don't see them completing it. Football's just another monster, even worse than baseball as far as travel goes and housing and all that kind of stuff. And, and so uh, it's going to be tough for them to be able to uh, to complete a full season. Number three, sticking with the football theme, uh, college football will happen with the new scheduling adjustments made by the conferences. Jason,
1: Hard as a fan of college football to be so pessimistic, but I, I say foul. I, and considering that all it takes is one team to have a COVID outbreak, yeah, and that cancels games. I, I just don't see it happening again. If, if, if today was tomorrow, it, it's just not going to happen. Something has to change. There has to be a bubble, or there has to be some kind of vaccination.
0: It's, it just is not going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to go with with foul as well. Actually, you know what? We've agreed too much on this. I'm, I am going to say all ball, but not to completion. So very much like the NFL, uh, the season will happen, but they will not complete it. They will get started, and they will attempt to play out a full college football season. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to play. Um because of the player demands. However, yeah. uh, I do think that we're going to get an attempt at a college football season. Yeah. Um, number four. I'm interested to hear your answer to this one. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, will run for public office. Huh? I
1: mean, he should. I say all ball. I say go for it. This guy, I mean, to pull together what he has pulled together in Orlando is a miracle. And I think we need people like him in public office. All ball. That's what I gotta say. If he will, that's, that's, a, that's another question I would say under review.
0: But no, no, Jordan, that was the, the actual more, question. Adam Silver oh, will. Well,
1: it, I, I'll still say all ball. <laughs> I think the more and more people that realize how smart he is, the more and more he's going to get kind of pushed to run for office, and I think he's a really good candidate for that kind of job because he's, he's such a good spokesman and, and he's able to articulate his point well. And I think his intentions are great, um, at least for his his acts for the NBA. And I think his his love for people are going to take away uh, or take him away from the game specifically and, and put him into.
0: Bubble. I'm going to disagree with you. Not the fact that I don't think that he's a good guy or anything like that. Uh, I think he's, in, in that realm, the public realm, I think he would have to wear a lot of egg on his face because of the NBA's handling of China uh, and how they approach that whole situation and the sides that they've taken and the stakes that they've dug into the ground. And uh, ESPN released an ap- a report this past weekend that Uh, There was uh, a lot of um, covered-up abuse and um, lies regarding the NBA training centers in China, uh, training academies, excuse me. Uh, And so I I don't think he will ever run for public office because of that. I I think that's too big of a uh, kind of a red flag right now as far as – especially with the the human rights violations going on in China and the NBA's um, lack of boldness to stand up and speak out regarding that after strongly defending uh, their, their role in China and saying how thankful they are for that partnership. I do think, however, he would be a candidate to be nominated for some form of cabinet position or nominated for... Uh, some uh, bureaucratic position. Not necessarily running for public office, but being given or being asked to take over a public office. I think that's more in his realm than running for one, but I don't think he'll ever run. So I'm going to say foul. Uh, Number five, this is the one where I I mentioned it earlier about a bubble. Uh, So number five, Major League Baseball will attempt to switch over to a bubble system. Foul or all ball? That's a foul, Jason. The players would
1: never sign up for that. Now, that was established very quickly early on in their talks uh, before the season ever began, and so I'm gonna
0: say foul. On them. I'm gonna say all ball because I have an idea that I don't that hasn't really been talked about that I think could actually work. The way the season is broken up right now is you have AL and NL West teams facing off, AL and NL Central teams, AL and NL uh, East. They're all going uh, head-to-head, and that's what they're doing interdivisional. Um, If you look, in each of the segments of the country that these teams play in, there is a city that has two ballparks. Uh, New York for the east, Chicago for the central, and then L.A. for the west. My recommendation for baseball, at least for the rest of the regular season is you could pull off kind of a semi-bubble in those three cities where just those divisions participated in, and you could make it work. There would be about roughly five games a day, uh, and then if, we'll, if it's an AL home game, they play at the AL Stadium. If it's an NL home game, they play at the NL Stadium. Uh, and they you can have up to three games a day in a ballpark. Start one at 11, another one at, uh, f- say, 4, and another one at 7 or 8. Uh, and you're good to go, and you can fit all those games in. So you'd have two to three games a day and one ballpark, uh, and it would be very similar to what the NBA has done. And so I think that's a possibility for them to look into. Jordan, what are your thoughts on that idea?
1: I think had they started with that, that would have been a great idea, but it's going to be really hard to pull that all together in a matter of weeks because consider this, Jason, uh, we're about already one-tenth are almost one-fifth of the way done with the schedule. Yeah. So, uh, you know, is, is it really worth it at this point? You know, I, I just don't see them pulling that together that fast. I think it would have been a great idea before everything had started. But the players had already said from the very beginning that they had no intentions on playing away from their families. And so without that, Major League Baseball really didn't have a choice
0: yeah, they're, they are, they're, they're in a tough spot but I think now the players are back they want to play and I think you could convince them for maybe 40 games, 30 games uh, to jump into a bubble to wrap up a season um, I think that's more convincible than the 100 game bubble that they were talking about earlier uh, in the off season. last Fowler All Ball question for the day uh, I think we're both in agreement on this one uh, but the 76ers will get bounced in the first round. Valor, all ball. Oh, that,
1: that's all ball, geez. That's all ball. 76ers don't have an identity. And when you are not, when you have no identity in the playoffs, you get bounced early. You can have all the, the, the great players in the world on your team. Uh, but I chalk this up to coaching and identity. Uh, Brett Brown needs to go immediately. Mm. Um, he should have been gone last season. Um, they need to find some coach that will pull that team together. It, 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 this team should be no less than third in the East, uh, and it's an embarrassment that they're sixth, an absolute embarrassment to Philadelphia.
0: Yeah. Very, very disappointing for the expectations that they had the past few years that they're in this situation, but I'm completely in agreement. All ball, they're not going to make it out of the first round. Uh, they just—they don't look good. They don't look unified. They don't look like a team. You said they don't have an ad- identity. And I think that's going to make it impossible to move through the first round, especially if they have to go up against a team like a Boston or if they continue to drop um, or if another team starts to rise. We already saw them lose to the Pacers, and so if the Pacers jumped into that four or three hole, um, it could be a rough road for the 76ers. Whew. We made it to the end, Jordan. We did. I, I don't know why, but I'm more exhausted with this episode than I think I've ever been with any other episode. Maybe it's because I have to hold my phone up to a microphone the whole time. But yeah, you just, you've got a lot on your shoulders, Jason. Yes, there's a lot going on. It's been a busy day already. But we've made it to our favorite segment. What Grinds Your Gears is back for another week. Oh, I need to get some stuff off my chest, Jordan. I cannot wait. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to start us out? I'll go first since yours apparently is funnier. Is so okay.
1: Yeah. Jason, you know what grinds my
0: gears. What grinds I your gears, love,
1: Jordan? I, I love my friends to death.
0: Okay. I love my friends. Am I included in that? Oh yeah. Okay. Love you, Jason. I love appreciate it. Love you too. But
1: listen. But
0: listen. I'm listening.
1: When two of my friends are getting married, you know, they're friends as well. You figure, you figure, things would be talked about and dates would be discussed. Okay. I, this next weekend, Jason, have one wedding on a Friday okay. in New Jersey. And then the next day at 10 a.m., I have to be in North Carolina <laughs> for another wedding. For another friend.
0: You're going to die. And both
1: of them are friends. Oh, you boy. Figure, you figure that that would be talked about. And how crazy that would be, considering I'm in both of their weddings.
0: You so want it's to It's not like
1: that. I don't have a choice.
0: Yeah, you have to be there. I have to be there. You're going to so die. That's
1: what grinds my gears. What
0: grinds my gears. Wow! I do not envy you next week at all. I feel bad Uh <laughs> the the lack of rest that you're going to experience that whole weekend. Oh yeah, but Jordan, you know what grinds my gears?
1: What grinds your
0: gears is great clips. Oh no! So oh no! I was in need of a new haircut today. Um, I have let it grown out for about two and a half months just because of COVID and scheduling and moving back and forth between Atlanta and Cleveland. Just I, I never really had a time to get there, but I needed one today because I have hopefully some job interviews coming up soon. And, uh, I'm going to be working at a, a camp for this coming week, and just uh, I don't want to have to worry about my having to like make sure my hair looks presentable. I want it short enough so I can just regardless. I digress My favorite saying I digress um, But So I went to Great Clips And I got taken right away Which was shocking Because most of the time When you get to Great Clips You have to wait about a half an hour um, Yeah it takes Walk right in Sit right down in their lobby For the next hour And then you're good to go um, But The lady who took me uh, she, was, she looked younger But I figured Oh she probably knows What she's doing And like, they wouldn't hire somebody Who didn't know What she was doing I could not be farther from the truth. I have never in my life nearly c- cried while getting my hair cut, but I was on the verge of tears during my haircut today. And so, for those of you who know how they cut men's hair, uh, most of the time, especially if you're getting a trim done on the sides, they start with the sides. Not this lady. She started at the top with a scissor cut. And so for about the first half of my haircut, I looked like I was slowly turning into some uh, monk who grew out the top of his head for a few weeks. Uh, then she moved over into the, the sides and the back of my hair. And she put the, the little clipper thing on the on the razor and went straight to the back of my head. And I haven't had it cut in about... and a half weeks or two and a half months and so it was it was pretty long and so most of the time if it's that long they'll trim it up a little bit before they like fully trim it off not this lady Mm -mm. nope she took that trimmer and just dug it straight into my scalp and went straight up the back of my head i was in so much pain Oh, like literally like underneath the sheet that they had covering me to prevent hair from getting on my, my, my clothes and whatnot. I was gripping my leg like as like a stress ball to keep myself from screaming. That moment right there was worse than the COVID test, which they stuck a rod up my nose. Like l- literally the most pain I've ever had in my head. Oh my gosh. It was awful. And so, anyway, she finally moves to the side, and it's a little bit better. Like, it's not hurting as much. And then she just, like, stops. And so now I got a bowl cut going on. And she's like, I don't know what to do from here. So she goes and gets her manager to come over, and she looks at my hair, and you can just see the sympathy go over her face. as like, oh, the, you poor baby. Bless your heart for having to put up with this. And so she does her best to fix it up. Uh, and makes it to where I can at least kind of look presentable for an interview if I needed to. Uh, Still not great, but it had to do. And so at the end of the haircut, normally they wipe you down, right? They kind of clean you up a little bit, blow dry your hair. Not today. I walked out with hair all over my forehead. And you should have seen the faces of the people in the lobby just gawking at me in pure terror as to what just occurred back there. They looked at me as if I had just gotten run over by a bus because I just had hair all over my forehead. They didn't blow dry my hair. They didn't comb it, so it was every which direction. There was hair all the way down my back. I'm pretty sure the back of my head was bleeding. <laughs> That's how I imagined Delilah cut Samson's hair in the Bible. <laughs> oh, my. Like, <laughs> they make it seem all soft, sweet and innocent, but at the end of the day it's woof. It's it's rough, dangerous and deadly. That was oof. the worst haircut I've ever gotten in my life. And I don't blame her. She was new. Uh, and so No, I don't blame her. I like I felt bad. I almost I never get to the point of asking for a discount, but I was very close today. Um, because Oh man, asking for that discount if it wasn't her that was checking me out, I would have. But like I can't just ask her for a discount because the haircut sucked. Like that's just that's just me. Hey, no, this is what you gotta say, right? Ma'am, you did terrible on my hair today and it hurt like crazy. Can I have a discount? And she's gonna look at me like, uh I'm not authorized to do that. And then she would quit her job because she was already shy to begin with. No. I just well, felt bad.
1: Hey, can I speak to your manager,
0: please? But her manager specifically left the room (laughs) Oh it was bad She knew you were going to look for that discount Exactly that's why she left And then as soon as I walked out the door She came back out of the back room (laughs) Uh, Worst experience That may be my last trip to Great Clips Yeah Uh, My head still hurts But (laughs) I'll live But anyway (laughs) What doesn't kill you makes you stronger (laughs) In the the wise words of Kanye West Um, But Yeah that's all the time we have today We covered a lot of different topics For the first time we actually like We're back to a normal episode It felt good Jordan Feels good I'm glad we're back to normal. Hopefully we can keep baseball alive. NBA, they look like they'll be fine. NHL, back in full action. Uh, And so we have some exciting weeks ahead. But thank you guys again for tuning in this week. Uh, Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and rate five stars. Uh, Tell a friend about us. Spread the word. Boost our support. And then also boost our morale uh, at the same time. Because we both still don't have a job. (laughs) So we need some morale boosting. But anyway, uh, for Jordan Riddick, I'm Jason Crow. Thank you guys for listening once again. You've been listening to The
1: Walk-On Podcast. Tick, tick, boom.